Hey, my fellow monkeys, what's up? Old Uncle Silverback here with you on the Armed Ape Podcast, the show where we review and talk about everything from guns, gear, and movies to life in general. Nothing is ever out of bounds. As always, everything we talk about has the end goal of making our lives better by cutting through all the marketing BS using logic, reason, and honest discussions. I look forward to hearing from you soon and to your participation in the show. If you'd like to contact me, I have a few different ways that you can do that. We have the voicemail, which is area code 206-745-APE1, 206-745-2731. If you would like to record your own audio and have me play that for you on the show, or if you would like to write in an email and I can read that out for you, you can send that to me at thearmedape at gmail.com, all one word, thearmedape at gmail.com. Over on the website... I have the Facebook, Twitter, and YouTube buttons. If you'd like to throw some financial love my way, there's a couple of different ways that you can do that. I do have a PayPal donation button. I also have an Amazon search box where it says help support the show. Basically, the way that it works is if you go through my site, so if you use that search box or if I've got a a link to a specific product and you click on that and you end up buying it, Amazon basically gives me a finder's fee. There's no additional cost, so shipping isn't extra. There's nothing like that. So if you were going to purchase something anyway through Amazon, I would appreciate it if you could go through my site and, again, kind of throw me some financial love. It does help support the show, and it helps me pay for things like bandwidth for hosting and for domain names. I think that's going to do it, so let's go ahead and jump into the show. Hey monkeys, what's going on? Today is Thursday, it's the 17th of September, 2015. At least I think it's the 17th. I uh, may be wrong on that. Anyway, I'm in the mobile studio again, also known as my truck. I My daughter has a, a band concert tonight and of course you know they have to be dropped off a little bit early. And uh, we're not sort of allowed in there while they're tuning and doing all their stuff. So I'm back out to wait in the car for a while until the concert starts. So I thought, well, you know what? I will uh, got a little bit of extra time. I'll go ahead and try this out on the iPhone. Since I'm parked, hopefully there won't be a lot of engine noise. It's still pretty hot out here. It's about 100 degrees right now. And uh, so I've got the truck going. So hopefully you won't hear too much background noise. And I've got the AC on low. I'm not going to sit in here with it all the way off. Anyway, the movie I want to talk about today uh, is a movie called White God. Uh, so the color white and the the word God, G-O-D. This was made in 2014. It's a Hungarian movie. And I saw the trailer for it, oh, I don't know, maybe a year or so ago and was intrigued by it. The um, Now, normally I would throw in a few, or try to throw in a few audio clips, but of course, the movie's in Hungarian, it was it was subtitled. The good thing is, is this is on Netflix, and so it's something that you can, uh, it's on there right now, at least uh, Netflix in the United States. I don't know if it's different in, uh, in other parts of North America or, or not, so I don't know if Canada will have the same stuff, or if I have, you know, anyway. So if you do have Netflix, uh, see if it's on there, and you can check it out if, if the uh, if the review sounds intriguing. I'll, I will still do the thing where uh, I'll talk up about the movie up to a certain point, and then I'll stop, and I won't discuss the ending. And then if you want to come back after the show is over, uh, after the first uh, exit music plays, you can come back, and uh, that'll be we'll be in full-on spoiler territory. So, like I said, the movie is Hungarian, it's subtitled, which I actually kind of like because you get the 
intonations of the actors. Um, you're able to, you know, even though it's a different language, you're able to read the emotions and things like that that come through. Uh, human emotion is human emotion. So uh, there are there are certain things, of course, that are going to be lost in translation if you're not a native speaker or if you're not familiar with that language. So much uh, much like how uh, you know we have slang here in America, and there's slang in every other you know language as well. But uh, a lot of times we would pick up on certain things if the character was speaking with a certain accent or speaking using certain terms we would be able to somewhat determine oh you know this person um, is educated or this person is supposed to be highly educated or this person is just supposed to be like a regular guy you know that type of a thing so there may have been some of that lost in translation stuff but overall I generally find that uh, most foreign language films are, are fine for me. And I, in fact, I'm so used to watching them. I've been watching foreign language stuff and reading subtitles for so long that when I actually remember the movie, when I think about it in my head, there's kind of a fusion of the subtitles and their voice. So I sort of hear them speaking the dialogue, or when I remember it, I hear them sort of speaking it in English, if that makes sense to you guys. Anyway, let's get back to the movie. So it's called uh, White God. It's about two hours long. And the main protagonist or characters that we're going to be going on the journey with is a, is a girl named Lily. She's probably 12, 13 years old. Uh, she's just crossing into maybe being a teenager. And... Uh, she, in, in some ways, um, her name is Lily. I think I said that. Kind of her. Anyway, her, her name is Lily, and uh, in some ways she's kind of a little bit of the typical teenage teenager who's not going to listen to anybody, who's just sort of going to, they have this idea of what they think needs to get done, and they're just going to go ahead and do that. Now, I will say, and we'll, we'll sort of get some of this stuff kind of out of the way, um, right off the bat is that some of the um, the human characters are archetypal um, and we'll talk about that as, as, as we get a little bit further in the review so the movie starts out with Lily and she has her dog and he's he of course is the other main character and his name is either Hagen or Hagen. Um, I've heard it kind of pronounced both ways. Um, but I think it was more like Hagen. And I don't know what that would translate to in English, but, you know, if it's a... if it's just like a... Um, a name like Rover, or, you know, in, in English, or if it would be something like an actual name, like how you would maybe call a dog Buddy, or... Daisy or something like that. So again, I don't know, you know, what exactly the uh, the significance of that would mean if it would ha if if it would have any significance at all. So if anybody out there is a Hungarian speaker or knows what that Hagen means, uh, call into the show or drop me a quick email and let me know. So anyway, the movie opens up and Lily is out playing with Hagen and. You can tell they're they're good companions, they're good friends. She loves the dog, and he, you know, kind of loves her, and and you know they uh, they're each other's sort of best friend. She's still at that age where you know, with a with a child, when you're a child, a young child especially, you know, a pet can mean an awful lot to you, and that pet can be your you know, your best friend, it can be your confidant, it's, you know, it's something that gives you unconditional love. And it's always, you know, especially with a dog, it's always happy to see you, it's, it always wants to be with you. Uh, but anyway, kind of straying off a field here. You get that scene and then you have another scene where it flashes to a man and, and they're in a uh, slaughterhouse 
and they're processing a cattle carcass. And then they're showing kind of the butchering of it in what some people would maybe term in a graphic nature. But, you know, having my, me having grown up around hunting and, you know, processing animals and things like that, it's just sort of like, well, you know, it wasn't that big a deal. I think maybe, and I don't, again, I don't know if that was supposed to be a little bit more of a visceral effect on the audience. Um, but you see, the, you see this guy, and he he kind of inspects the the carcass, and he says, "Yeah, okay, that's fit for consumption." So he's basically making sure that it's disease-free and this, that, and the other thing. And after the the guy does the inspection, he goes into the he's sort of done, and he goes into the uh, into the bathroom, and he's got a little blood on his shirt, and he tries to wash it off, and he pulls out this little plastic bubble bottle, little like you know for blowing bubbles. And he takes it out and he blows a few bubbles. And you kind of see that him doing that is sort of transporting him or taking him back. He, you know, he's looking at the bubbles and then like another co-worker comes in and he's like, oh. And so he goes out and the guy says, okay, well, professor, such and such happens. And the guy goes, well, I'm not a professor anymore. Well, it turns out this person is Lily's father and her mother and father have been divorced. And the, uh, the Lily lives with her mom and either her new stepdad or a, maybe like a live-in boyfriend of, of the mom. And the mom has a corporate job. She is going to be going out of the country for like six, eight weeks. I, I can't remember if they, if they gave a specific time, like if it was... Eight weeks or three months, or it was—it was going to be something, but where it was going to be for a while, and so Lily is now going to have to go live with her dad. And Lily is still sitting in the car, and the mom gets out and is bringing the suitcase up to the dad, and they're having a little bit of a conversation about what's, you know, kind of what's going to happen or what's supposed to go on. And she says, "Oh, Lily brought her dog," and he's like, "What?" Because I can't, you know, I can't have a dog. We're not, I'm not equipped to handle that. And she's like, look, you know, it'll, you'll get used to it. It's, it's, it's her dog. It means a lot to her. And then he says, well, why can't he watch it? Meaning the, the new husband or the new man in the, in the scene. And she's like, well, he's going with me. He's not going to be around. And then he makes some crack about, you know, how she's climbing the corporate ladder, this, that, and the other thing. And I'll take a little bit of an aside here. Sometimes in movies, they will spell every little detail out for you. And other times, they will leave so much to the imagination and leave so much out that you you don't really know what's going on. You're unsure. And, and there's a, sort of a sweet spot. And you don't want to be told everything. You want to be able to, in, a, in, a, in good writing and in good character development, a lot of times their actions will tell you what you need to know. In, th in this case, the movie does that pretty well, but there are a few instances where I thought, oh, you know, there could have been maybe just in two or three parts in the movie, there could have been just maybe one or two little sentences of dialogue added that would have, I think, I think would have helped. And, and would have maybe answered some questions. Now, granted, these questions aren't all important, but I do think that it would have served to advance the story, and I think it would have served to give you a little bit more insight and understanding into those characters. So uh, I'll, I'll give you kind of a for instance of this, and this is all basically within the first, you know, five, ten minutes of the movie. What happens is... When the mom comes up, the, the father looks like he is probably in his late 40s, maybe early 50s. And the mom, I thought, looked a little younger for, you know, a good maybe 20 years or so younger than him. And, you know, so well, probably not 20, but she's probably, you know, maybe at least 10 years or so his his junior. Um, 
at a minimum, I, I thought. And at, and at first I thought, oh, you know, she's cast a little young for him. And I thought, well, maybe that's just, you know, who they had for the part or whoever, you know, whoever worked out better. And then I thought, well, wait a minute. This, they were calling this guy, a lot of people in the movie call him professor. And he constantly is saying, oh, I'm not a professor anymore. And so what I wondered was, did like 13, 14 years ago, was he a professor and she was a student? And, you know, did they have an affair? And did that, you know, result in, in her pregnancy? And the and and the uh, the birth of Lily, and that's why maybe there was a little bit of a scandal, and that's why he got maybe let go. You're never told. But after the movie was over, and after I had kind of thought about it for a little bit, I thought, well, I wonder if that's something. Maybe that maybe that's something that's kind of one of those unsaid things, and sometimes it's so far back into the movie that the filmmaker, sometimes they'll do that and they'll say, oh, well, this is your guys' character. We're not ever going to talk about it, but this is, it gives you some history and it helps you with your performance, this, that, and the other thing. And some of, like like I said before, some, I think some of the characters are archetypes a little bit with the writing, and I think there's there could have been a little bit better stuff on filling out the characters a little bit more. It, it's not uh, a, it's a, more of a nitpicky thing. It's not like a major concern or anything like that. But um, so anyway, getting back kind of, kind of to the drop off. Lily gets dropped off with the dad. Of course, the dad is unhappy about taking the dog. When she comes up to the car, he has put her suitcase in and her bike in the back of his car. And he's driving a uh, car that I always kind of liked, which is a Volvo. It's their SUV, the uh, XC90, I think is what it's called. Anyway, I always liked that car. But so they put her stuff in the back. And that's when he gives her those bubbles. And she's kind of like, what's this? And he's like, oh, it's, you know, it's a bubble wand. And she's like, oh, uh, yeah, I'm not a little kid anymore. But she takes it anyway. And... What that does, even though this was only maybe a couple of minutes ago, you immediately flash back to the to the to the scene of him in the bathroom blowing the bubbles, and and you can kind of tell, oh, that was taking him back to maybe when she was a little girl, and that was some enjoyment that they had together. That was something that she liked to do, and it also gives you a little bit of insight maybe into the fact that. He hasn't really had a lot of contact with her. You would get the sense that if he was in her life a lot, he would, number one, have known about the dog. Number two, he would be a little bit more willing maybe to make concessions for her. He wouldn't be, you know, so butthurt about it. Um, but also he would be like, oh, okay, well, yeah, you know, she's sort of gone beyond the blowing bubbles phase. You know, she, she isn't uh, this nine-year-old little girl. Uh, that I used to have more contact with that I don't have much contact with at all. You can also, you kind of also get the sense that the mom is very like career oriented and career focused. And so that again, they don't really ever say too much about it and you kind of have to infer a lot of this stuff. But again, this is where I, I think some, uh, maybe some more lines of dialogue or, or, um, there were some parts of the movie that were a little bloated that I thought maybe you could have exchanged out, uh, but just having a thing, you know, where it's where you really see that she and the dog are are quite bonded together, uh, because they're sort of it's, they're kind of um, all each other has, so to speak, you know, in a way, or or from from the the girl's perspective, you know, that's what how she sees it, you know, this is the thing that again spends tons of time with her, gives her unconditional love, always wants to be around her, where pretty much her father and her mother, for whatever reasons, don't have a lot of time uh, to give her. They don't have the time or they're unwilling to make the time for her. So they end up heading back to the dad's apartment, and he lives in kind of a small one-bedroom uh, apartment, 
and as he's coming up with Lily and the dog, you have sort of the typical, uh, again, this is where we see some of the archetype stuff, the typical nosy neighbor who just happens to be out in the stairwell area, I guess. I don't know, you know, maybe she just waits for people to come in and then pops out so she can, you know, say snarky shit to him. So she's saying, look, you can't have a dog that has been posted now, you, you know, that you, you, and, and again, maybe some of this was a little bit lost in translation. It was, and she was saying like, I'm going to report it. I'll report you. And he's like, look, it's not my dog. Basically like he's trying to tell her this thing's going to be gone. It's only going to be for a day or so just to kind of get her to shut the fuck up and move on. So they end up going in and he makes dinner for him and she's got the dog, you know, of course is with her by the table. And he's like, no, you know, you're not going to feed any dog any scraps because you could tell she was going to maybe do that. And he's like, what are you doing? Because he had cooked up some steaks for him. And he's and she's like, well, I'm really not that hungry. And he's like, look, you're going to eat what I give you. And you see him kind of being like a prick to her a little bit. Um, it's almost like he's, you know, he's pretty upset, I think. That number one, his life is going to be disrupted a little bit. But also, I think he's a little upset that she's not the little kid that he wants her to be. And when he says something, she's not, not just going to snap to it. You know, she's going to push back and she's going to kind of fight him on a little bit. Not physically, but you know what I mean. Um, so, and he was like, look, from now on, the dog is going to eat dog food. He's not going to get, you know, basically people food, this, that, and the other. Pop over to the night and he's like, all right, well, get ready for bed. Well, they've only got a one bedroom, and he has these two mattresses on these, like, little pallet things, and so he pushes them apart, and that they're going to end up sleeping in the same room. And he's like, all right, get in your nightgown. And then she's like, well, turn around. So, again, it, it's more evidence that you see that he's not used to having her around. He doesn't, like, he still sees her basically just as a child, and he doesn't sort of recognize maybe her need for privacy, um, that type of thing. So they uh, they get ready for bed, and then he's like, hey, I don't sleep with dogs. He's got to go out. And so he puts the dog into the bathroom. Of course, the dog doesn't want to be separated from her. It's probably never been separated from her. And the dog starts whining and then you cut to a thing where obviously he's been whining for maybe about an hour or so and the dad's like oh is he ever gonna stop and then she gets up and he's like where are you going don't go to him you're just gonna make it worse he's got to learn that he, that's where he's gonna be and she's like oh I gotta go to the, I gotta pee I gotta go to the bathroom and he's like don't go in there and she's like yeah whatever so she goes in there and he is a little, the dog is a little upset, and she takes out her trumpet. She's a, she's a trumpet player, and she plays a little tune for him, and it kind of calms him down. You know, she plays it soft, and it kind of calms down, and he lays down. And then she's sitting in there with him for a little bit, and then she just climbs into the bathtub and spends the rest of the night in there. Wake up the next morning. Uh, the dad is basically telling her, you know, we're probably going to have to... Um, maybe put the dog in the shelter and she's like no I don't want to do that there's a knock on the door the dad goes to see who it is it turns out it's animal control the old and he's saying hey we got a report from a neighbor that your dog bit bit this neighbor and obviously you see the old bitty lady who's up there and she's called them and made like a false report and then of course the guy is saying look man I don't have a dog I don't own a dog so, what are you talking about? And then, of course, the dog walks up. At that point, the dog walks up to see what's going on. And, because Lily had let him out of the bathroom when she heard the knock on the door. So he, um, the dog comes up, and then the guy, the animal control guy, well, what's that? And then the dad like, oh, it's an elephant. And the guy's like, well, that's a mixed breed dog, sir, and you got to pay a tax on it. And, of course, this just infuriates the dad. Because he's like, look, this is not my dog. It's my ex-wife's dog. I'm not going to pay any fine. I'm not going to pay any tax for it. 
And then the guy's like, well, you have to, or we're going to come get the dog. And then the guy's like, fine, see you tomorrow. The dad's like, fine, see you tomorrow. And basically shuts the door in the guy's face. Lily, and then the dad's like, well, I'm going to go get dressed, take a shower, and then I'll drop you off at your school thing or whatever. And she just gets dressed, and then she leaves. She just takes the dog, and then she goes. And she goes down to a... um, I don't know if it's like a club or if it's an extracurricular thing that they have where he's going, um, she's part of an orchestra and it's of all varying ages. You actually have some people that are probably her age, a few, most seem to be younger people, seem to be teenagers, but then you also have some people that look like they're maybe even in their 20s or 30s. So I don't know if it's a, like a private club or, or, or what it is. Again, this may be one of those lost in translation things. Um, or, you know, that may be kind of typical there. I don't know. But what she had done, she had got there before the conductor got there and she took Hagen and she put him in this closet and then she goes and she sits down to this other next to this other uh, player, female player, who's probably in her... Uh, mid-teens, late-teens or so. She's maybe like, you know, 16, 17 years old, maybe a little bit older. And she's like, oh, he's going to bark. I bet he's going to bark. She's like, nah, he's not going to bark. Well, the conductor comes in, they start playing. Well, of course, you know, Hoggins starts to cry and he barks a little bit. And then the guy's like, you know, whose dog is this, blah, blah, blah. So anyway, he's like, you got to get rid of it type stuff. And then so she's just like, well, I'll just leave. And he's like, if you leave, don't ever come back. Get out of here. And then so she walks out. And then he yells at her, get back here! And she doesn't come back. And then he's like, well, you're out of here. Don't ever come back. So, basically, again, the guy was being more of an asshole than he needed to be. He could have said, look, you can't have the dog in here. Just put it outside or something like that. Or, you know. Um, So, anyway, she leaves and... uh, I can't remember where they go. They're just out goofing around. The dad, I think, obviously she's gone. I when when he probably comes, you don't ever see this, but it's one of those inferred thing. When he probably comes out of the shower, you get the idea that he's like, oh, she must have just gone to her thing. I don't know if he went there to pick her up, and then the conductor guy told her, um, she, you know, she brought the dog, and, and I can't have her, so I told her to leave, and she took off. You know, blah blah blah. So the dad's driving around. I think he's just taking probably the route home. He finds her. They're kind of out in the middle of an urban area a little bit. And he honks at her and she's just like, Ah, Christ, this is all I need. And the, um, the dad picks her up, puts her bike in the back, and puts the dog in her in the car. And they're driving off and they get kind of an argument. And then she's like, he's like, this dog's got to go in the shelter. Which at that point, I think it's not necessarily he's saying your dog is going to go get put somewhere where we can board him and maybe pay for him. Because if he wasn't willing to pay a tax, you know, he's not gonna he's not gonna pay to board the animal. Basically, what he's saying is he's got to go in a shelter, and they're going back and forth. She's like, "Well, I'm not gonna put him in a shelter. I don't want him in a shelter." And he's like, "There's no choice." And then she's like, "Oh, you know, blah blah." And and, and so he gets mad at her, and he's like, "You know what?" I'll put him out of the car right now. He won't even go to a shelter, and then he'll end up dead. Is that what you want? And then she's like, no, but I don't you understand I'm not going to put him in a shelter. And then that pisses him off even more. And so a typical, you know, prick move, he stops the car, yanks the dog out of the car, and just kind of dumps him on the street and then drives off. And, of course, as he's driving off, his big truck pulls out, and then the dog starts running up, and they're stopped, and the dog starts running up, and then she's yelling at the dog, stay there, stay there, I'll come back for you, I'll come back. And they end up going um, back home. The dog tries to follow him, but, you know, eventually they just, you know, he outdistances the dog because he's in a car. And, of course, she's devastated by it. Um, that next day... And then this is where kind of the story starts to diverge. So before you were kind of with the kid and the dog were together. And now it's getting to the part in the movie where they're going to be apart. And 
you sort of see what happens with her and then you sort of see what happens with the dog. And at this point, I think I'll go ahead and stop because we're not too far into the movie. Uh, there has been, you know, some little minor itsy bitsy little little spoiler things, excuse me, little spoiler things here and there, but nothing major. Um, some of this stuff you might have been able to glean from trailers and things like that, but not so much. So anyway, we'll go ahead and stop here, and I'll talk about a little bit, if, if you don't want any spoilers, you know, where, uh, you know, do I think you should watch it, do I think it's interesting, is it worth your time? And for me, especially if you have Netflix, uh, or if you can get it at Redbox, it's an ab it would be a must, uh, not necessarily a must watch, but it would be something that I would recommend that you watch. I think you would enjoy it if you like. Um, Kind of those type of movies where you know you, you're the, and the dogs are a little bit uh, what is it anamorphized uh, when you when you kind of put a little bit of human emotions and things to, to uh, objects or, or animals that don't have human emotions and traits and there is a little bit of that uh, anthropomorphication is that there am I even saying that right probably fucking it up but anyway. There is a little bit of that, uh, although not much. Um, but I would definitely recommend, it's a recommend, uh, and it's something I think that you could enjoy. There, It does have some flaws, and we'll go over a little bit of those. Um, like I said, it is a little bit long. There were some things that probably could have been cut down a little bit. Um, there were some things that were left more maybe to your quote-unquote imagination that could have been, I think, a little bit better. Uh, maybe a little bit, just a little bit more spelled out, just with a couple of lines of dialogue here and there. Uh, and some of the character development, like I, I, like I said before, is a little um, archetypal as far as like so you know you've got like the typical nosy neighbor in uh, Lily's dad's apartment you know and, and she's sort of the, the typical old biddy you sort of have she's a little bit of a typical character in uh, in that she's uh, uh, the young teen who's not gonna listen to anybody um, and, and, and has her own uh, uh, has her own uh, feelings about stuff and, and and thinks that her plans or her outlook is the right one and everybody else you know doesn't know anything. You have the typical divorced, down on his luck, unhappy father. Um, and then there are other characters that you meet along the way that again fill in sort of uh, again like a typical role. So I that would be, you know, maybe a little bit on the nitpicky side, but it would definitely be something that um, I think I would have liked to have seen a little bit more of. Also, I think you could have probably done maybe even more with the dogs, uh, with, with, with Hagen's adventures and kind of what happens with him, and a little bit less so with Lily. Uh, so, all right, guys, well, that will do it, and I will talk to you guys next time. Remember, if you want more review and you, you're not going to worry about uh, spoilers or how the movie ends after the, uh, after the music stops, go ahead and join me for the rest of the review. All right, I'll talk to you next time. Alright guys, even though only a few seconds has passed for you, it's been a day or so since I was able to uh, record that part in the truck. As you can tell, I am back home in the computer room slash studio, and I'll go ahead and continue the review. And remember, if you're listening to this, 
and you don't want spoilers or you don't want to know sort of how the movie unfolds from this point on, you may want to go ahead and turn this off and then come back to it after you've seen the movie. Uh, Like I mentioned before, it is on Netflix and uh, at least in the U.S. and it is available now if you have the streaming. Um, I'm not sure exactly where you'd go to find it. I I didn't check like on Amazon or iTunes or anything like that, but they probably have it. You could probably get it that way too as well. Anyway, so when we had left off, the dad had thrown out Hagen on the side of the street and the daughter was devastated. Now, one of the things that I did do today, I had some extra time and so I was able to go back and kind of fast forward through the movie on Netflix a little bit because I had some questions about some things and I wanted to go back and and see if some of the stuff that I talked about while I was in the truck was was accurate. And one thing that I did notice, which was a little different, before I had talked about, oh, I think that, you know, he was maybe a discredited professor and maybe had had an affair with one of his students. So I went back and I looked at the start of the movie. And again, you can see that the actress that is playing his ex-wife is somebody who is significantly younger than he is. And I think my hypothesis about the fact that he had probably had an affair with her and maybe that caused him to lose his position there. Well, it looks like that she actually maybe is a teacher or a professor herself now. Um, I still wasn't 100% clear on it. But what he calls, calls, excuse me, the new guy is when there's when he's talking about, well, why don't you have you know the professor watch the dog? And she says to him, well, he's going too. And then that's when he makes the comment, oh, you're tripping up the ladder, which basically led me to believe that he, again, had lost his job and that what she had done is she's now kind of hooked up with this other guy. Maybe he was higher up in the faculty or maybe he was just somebody who's closer to their age or, or to, to the mom's age. So that's that's kind of what I took for that. But anyway, what we'll do is we'll go ahead and we will... Uh, give you a little bit of a timeline and kind of a little bit of what's going on in the movie. So again, Hagen has been kind of kicked to the curb quite literally. Uh, what happens is, is he sort of like wanders the city. He goes to a, uh, comes across a butcher shop and then he goes around the back and he finds this other little, a bunch of other dogs back there that are strays. And the, he kind of befriends or becomes buddies with this little white terrier type looking dog. The the butcher of the the owner of the shop comes out of the back, sees a dog, starts to chase them off. Hagen goes inside. He's trying to run away, but he ends up going inside. The guy kind of chases him out with a meat cleaver. And then the the little dog was kind of waiting out there for Hagen and takes him back to what you would call like the, uh, for lack of a better word, sort of like the dog slum city. And what it looks like it is, it looks like it's maybe an old a building that was slotted for demolition. And so they've got fencing around it to keep, you know, other people out. But there's like a, um, uh, and part of the metal gate has been bent up so the dogs can go in there. So he goes in there with the little dog and there's, you know, at least probably about a hundred dogs that are in there. And that's one thing that's really neat about the movie. They didn't use CGI for the dogs. And when you're seeing the number of dogs in there, it's not trick photography or anything. That's the, that's the amount of dogs that you see, which really kind of lends a, oh, what's the word I'm looking for? It lends a realism to it and it gives you an idea of, of kind of the numbers of them, of how, how big that would be if you actually had a pack of dogs that big. Uh, you know, instead of just saying, oh, there's hundreds of them and they only show you like 10, you know, you don't get the sense of how, how many dogs that actually is and how big uh, uh, of a space that they occupy. So anyway, what kind of happens now is we're, we're going to cut back and forth in the movie in between Lily and in between sort of Hagen's journey. So when, when they're at the slum, uh, at the dog slum, the animal control people show up and they're kind of up on a hill. And part of that, it gets a little, I don't know if maybe some of this was supposed to be for comic relief, um, but it gets a little, 
I don't know. It kind of took me out of the movie a little bit because you had like all these uh, animal control guys, like six or seven of them show up and then the dogs scatter and they're chasing them all around. And it's kind of almost like an, a chase scene you would see in an action movie. Uh, but it, I, I don't know. Anyway, um, during the chase scene, what happens is the little white dog and Hagen get separated. Hagen ends up next to like this homeless guy, like a hobo guy. And you see him, he's like, Hey, you're going to be my friend. And then it cuts to Lily and Lily has been made. Uh, remember she got kicked out of the, out of the, um, orchestra when Hagen made, you know, came out and made noise and all this other stuff. So, um, Lily is made to apologize to the conductor. And of course they do it in a way to where she's sort of humiliated. You know, the, the conductor guy is like, you know, why did you get rid of that dog? And makes her say, oh, you know, he was a bad dog and he wasn't any good and all this stuff. So, uh, anyway, he accepts her back into the, uh, orchestra and later Lily goes out to try and find Hagen. She's posting flyers and she's kind of wandering the town she runs into the older boy who she kind of, you kind of get the feelings he sort of has maybe a crush on him a little bit. He talks to her and she explains what he's doing. And he's like, well, you know, good luck with that. And he goes inside this bar and you see the older girl that's part of the the uh, orchestra that she's a part of is in there. And he's going in there and he's hanging out with her. And she's kind of, you know, wistfully looking at that. So then we cut back to... Uh, Hagen and the hobo guy actually kind of uses a bit of food and tricks him, puts a leash on him, and he takes him to kind of this underworld slash gangster guy who's in the dogfight business. And the hobo guy ends up selling Hagen to him. And then a few minutes later, you have a guy who's a dog fighter, you know, who raises the dogs or gets the dogs and actually fights them. And he buys them off this gangster guy and takes him back with him. He ends up giving Hagen like drugs and, and all sorts of stuff. And then you sort of have the start of Hagen getting trained to be a pit fighter dog. And so the guys, you know, just beats him and is mean to him and, you know, and does all sorts of stuff. Uh, so that is going on. And then we cut back to, to Lily and she's back at that concert in their practice area. And the conductor is, there's like five other kids there, younger kids. And he's like, why didn't you guys go to that classical concert that I told you to? And, and he basically chews them out. And, and she's like, you know, you say this things about having heart, but how would you know you don't have a heart and you don't know what love is? And because you're just, you know, basically mean all the time. And then it cuts back to Hagen where you're seeing more of that kind of that training mon montage and, um, what I liked about it is they, it, a lot of the, what you would call like the, the brutality that the dog would go through. Of course, they're not going to really do that to the dog. Like they showed a thing where he was going to start to beat him. And what it is, is he raises up his hand and then the, the camera follows up his hand and stays on her. And he, and he, it just shows him kind of, you know, his hand going up and down and shows like the chain moving and stuff. So you don't ever actually see the dog getting hit, but you're, you understand that it's, you know, this poor dog is just going to go through hell. So, again, we cut back maybe to the next day. Uh, Lily is, has gone down to the dog pound, and she's looking for Hag, and she shows the lady the, the flyer, and she's like, that's not a Hungarian purebred dog. Nobody's going to want that dog. You know, he's not here, and, you know, if he is, he's probably dead, and blah, blah, blah. Nobody's going to want him. Um so then Lily is like talking to the lady like, well, I don't want him to come here. And if you, you guys kill dogs and the lady's like, we don't kill dogs. That's a myth and blah, blah, blah. So anyway, that didn't really go as well as she th had hoped it'd go down at the, uh, at the dog pound. And then we cut back to Hagen. He's being brought into his first dog fight. It's an interesting way they film it. It's pretty cool. You know, he kind of has ups and downs, but eventually he's victorious. And it was kind of the thing of where nobody gave him, you know, nobody gave him any credit and everything. And now that he's shown to be a fighter, the, one of the gangsters is like, well, I'm going to buy, I want to buy that dog off of you. And then the guy who was the, the dog trainer slash fighter is like, well, he's not for sale basically because he's like, well, I'm going to be able to make money off this dog. 
And the guy's like, no, you're, I'm telling you, I'm going to buy this dog off of you. And the guy's like, well, then I'll just, I won't come here anymore. And then the dog, the gangster guy is like, well, you won't be able to go anywhere. I'll fix it to where you can't do it. And where they're at, where they have the fights is basically like some shitty industrial area. And I don't know if there's any power, but it looks like they have a bunch of lights and they have kind of like a makeshift thing set up and they, it looks like power is intermittent or they have it on batteries or something like that to run the lights. Well, anyway, the lights go out, it's plunged into darkness. And of course, Hagen takes off. He, he runs out of there. Um, and he kind of, you know, is, is trying to, to, uh, go through the city at night and find a place to, to, um, hang out. And I think he makes his way back to the little dog slum area and hangs out with that little white dog who's back there. So anyway, we cut back to Lily and she's wandering around. Maybe she's looking for Hagen. Maybe she just wants to get out of the house and get away you know, from her dad. She eventually runs into that boy again down kind of at this local area. And she's like, well, hey, I want you to take me to this party that I don't know if they'd been talking about it earlier or something like that. But he's like, well, all right, I'll take you. And then he goes, well, hold on. I got to do some stuff. And he's you see him selling drugs to some other kids. And then he turns around and gives her a packet of drugs. And he's like, here, hold on to this, and we'll go to the party. And then he gets on his bike, and she gets on the back. And he's like, you're going to have to hug me. And he's like, don't worry, I don't bite. And then as they're pedaling down the road, she's kind of holding on to him and has got a smile on her face. So you can tell she kind of likes him. Um, another thing is, is you know, he he doesn't really have any designs or anything on Lily. There's none of that kind of like weird stuff, which I'm glad they didn't do. He just sees her as another kid, but he also, because he's not that much older than her, he's maybe four or five years older, he still remembers probably what it's like to be, you know, 12, 13. And so he kind of has like a soft spot for her, but he doesn't, his feelings are not at all romantic. They're, they're more almost like from his perspective, almost more like a, a brotherly thing, like being a kind of like a big brother to her. Uh, so anyway, he ends up taking her to this party. And then once he gets in, basically he kind of just ditches her and he goes over to the, to that girl that's in the, in the orchestra thing with him that he kind of likes, who's more his age and everything. And so she's just sitting there and she's kind of getting mad. And then she yanks up like a bottle of vodka or something like that and drinks a bunch of it down. And then it kind of fades to black and then it pops up and she's just sort of like laying on the floor, passed out. And it's morning time and a police dog actually comes over and licks her face and wakes her up. The cops get her up. And they're like, well, what do you got in your pockets? And of course they find the drugs on her and they take her down to the station house or wherever they call her dad. He comes down to get her and they're right at this point. There is a change in sort of how the dad sort of sees her or how he's going to treat her. He is a little upset. And then she comes up to him. And he's like, well, let's just shake hands, which is kind of odd. And so they do. And then you can tell he's very distraught. He goes and he sits down and he, he basically says, he says, you know, it's, it's hard to lose someone that you love. And I know you're not a kid anymore. And what we'll do is we'll go down to the shelter and, and we'll get you another dog. And of course she's like, well, I don't want to, I don't really want another dog. And she's not saying it mean at this point, she's really kind of softening to him. She sort of sees that he is, Oh, he's, she sees him more as a person, I think. And not so much as just like this estranged father and, and kind of like an authority figure. And, but you, you do generally see that they're starting to maybe build a little bit of a relationship. Now, the timeline in this movie is a little bit hinky. I don't know how long it's been. Maybe it's been a couple of three weeks when this stuff has happened, like all through the training of Hagen and how she was going back and forth and this, that, and the other. So I don't know how long that's been. They're not real clear on it. You're kind of led to believe that it's been at least maybe a couple of weeks or so. Uh, so anyway... They end up going back home to the dad's apartment and she's like, well, don't you got to go to work today? And he's like, yeah, but you know, I can't. And she's like, well, why aren't you going? And he's like, well, I have to watch you. And she's like, well, why? And he's like, well, you'll, you'll run away if, if I'm not here. And she's like, no, I, I, well, why would I do that? And he's like, I don't know. And, 
and then she's like, look, I, I promise I'll stay. I won't, I'm not going to cause any trouble. And so you see that he's, he's starting to trust her and you see that she actually is, is seeing stuff a little bit more kind of maybe from his perspective a little bit. But anyway, she basically gives him her word that she won't go. So then we cut back to Hagen. He has again, gone back to that dog slum area and he's hanging out with that little dog, the little white dog. And then unfortunately for them, of course, animal control shows up to the dog slum area to round them up and they get caught. They're taken to the dog shelter. The dogs are put into a, uh, a small room. And what's interesting is they're, <laughs> it's weird. They're in this like little holding area and there's a TV up on the wall and they're playing a Tom and Jerry cartoon where he's uh, a, uh, Tom is like a, a, a pianist and he's playing some music. Well, the music, if you pay attention, is the same exact music that they've been working on uh, in the orchestra, in the in the amateur orchestra. It's also that same music that she played to Hagen back when he was in the bathroom to calm him down. This is the stuff that she plays to him all the time. And so he's hearing that music and it kind of is calming him down so he's not like freaking out or anything. Um. So another thing they show is he's kind of, he looks through sort of a crack in the door and he sees another dog, just some random dog getting euthanized. And of course he's witnessing that. Um, So we go from there, we cut back to Lily. She's getting dressed for the concert and you see that the dad is like helping her put her shoes on and you see that there's some genuine affection and some tenderness there between her and her dad. And then of course we cut back to the dog pound and there seems to be some type of adoption day going on. Hagen is in a cage, and then there's a teenage girl, maybe a little bit older, that comes up and, and squats down by the thing and puts her hand up by the cage, and he kind of charges the cage and tries to nip at her. And then because of this, they're going to put him in an area where he's going to get euthanized because they're just like, well, he's a biter, and so that's the end of it. We cut back again to Lily and the dad. He's taken her to where she's going to have a performance at a concert hall, and he goes out into the audience. Boom. We then cut back to Hagen at the animal control place. And one of the uh, workers there, animal control guys, is taking him to a separate area where they've got just tons of dogs. And he goes to put Hagen in the thing. And Hagen basically backs out of the out of the out of the leash. And he's backed up a little bit, so he's kind of loose. And then the animal control guy reaches up and grabs like this thick rope or something and, and goes to hit him, which of course triggers him into part of like how he was trained and brutalized. And then he jumps up and just rips that dude's throat right out. And when the animal control guy is killed, he falls forward and the, the kennel gate that he was trying to put open where these tons and tons of dogs are, um, it's all open. And so they all basically beat feet out of there they make their escape. And at this point we cut back and forth basically between the dogs running through this, the city causing a bunch of havoc and Lily playing the concert music. And you're hearing that same music that we've been hearing all throughout, but it's over, it's, it's uh, overlaid on the dogs running through the city and you don't really see the dogs like hurting anybody. Um, and it doesn't sound like it would be that big of a deal, but it's a really neat visual because you're seeing literally probably about 200 dogs just running. And, you know, like you see them coming around a corner and it's just, you know, like wave after wave of all these dogs. And it's, it, it was really impressive. I, I, uh, that was one of my favorite parts of the movie. Uh, so anyway, the dogs end up somehow, maybe through just circumstance, or I don't know if maybe Hagen kind of hears some of the music or whatever, but they end up coming uh, to where Lily as, is is there with the orchestra doing her concert, and they show up, and they, they come in, and the, the concert hall doors are all closed, but then the dogs are up on the balcony, and they're barking and everything, and of course everybody starts to panic. In the confusion... Lily and that boy, the older boy who she has the crush on, they kind of run down the thing and she's like, I got to get out of here. And he's like, well, here, take my bike. And then she has her backpack with her trumpet in it. And so she gets his bike and, and, and she's going to go try and find Hagen because she thinks that she can maybe, I guess, calm him down. So Hagen and the dog army basically at this point kind of start to go on a revenge killing spree on the people that were mean to Hagen 
and that brutalized him. They find the gangster guy and they kill him. They go back to the uh, to the butcher shop and they kill that guy. Uh, so and also during this time, police and animal control are out and they're trying to round up or shoot down and kill the dogs. Uh, Lily is sort of following behind them, trying to figure out like where he is. She ends up going to the uh, uh, the restaurant that the uh, that that gangster guy owned. And, you know, finds them there. The police are there and they're like, you got to get in the car. And then they get distracted. And so she takes off. She goes or, to the butcher shop. And I think she's going there because she thinks that the dogs would go there for food. And she gets to the butcher shop. She's, she finds his dead body. And the guy gets a, a text phone or, or a text message or something on his phone. And she hears it. She picks up the phone out of his pocket. And then she uses it to call her dad. And while he's, while she's talking to him, he's like, you know, where are you? Where are you? I'll come get you. And she's like, oh, the dogs didn't want the meat. Dad, they didn't want the meat. And then he's like, well, where are you? Tell me where you're at. And then she, and then she hears basically that little white terrier dog. She hears him kind of barking and she's like, I got to go. And she just hangs up the phone. The, she starts following the little terrier dog, I guess, thinking that that, that dog will maybe lead her to Hagen. And while she's following him on the way, they kind of go through this tunnel and they come up to this blockade and there's some of the animal control people and they, they shoot and kill the little white dog. Uh, now the dogs also track down the, uh, the dog trainer, the dog fight trainer and they kill him and they basically rip him to pieces. Lily goes back to her dad's apartment. I think maybe that she, she goes back there maybe looking for her dad and maybe looking for um, maybe Hagen as well to see maybe if he might have come back there. But then they find the, the, the old bitty lady who had ratted him out before and had made the false report against him. They find uh, she finds her body there. And then she when she's in the apartment, she's looking around and she notices that her dad's work key card and access card is gone. So she thinks, oh, I wonder. And what I think happens is I think she goes to where her dad's work is because maybe she thinks, well, my dad wouldn't necessarily know about the, the, the butcher shop, but maybe they're going to, maybe he thinks, maybe he thinks I was at his work because it's a slaughterhouse and there's tons of meat that's stored there. And Hagen had been there before because that's when they met originally. They met at the dad's work. So she ends up going over to the slaughterhouse. She goes into the courtyard area. She's yelling for a dad. He hears her. He's upstairs, like kind of in a secure area. And he goes, you know, go to the front and I'll come down and let you in. You're in danger. And she's like, well, I can find him and this, that, and the other thing. And so she kind of for the first part starts to use a little common sense in that she knows she needs to go in there. So she's, as she's going to make her way, she's starting to, to leave the main courtyard area and go around to the front part. Of course, all the dogs come in with Hagen and there again, there's around probably like a hundred or so dogs that you see Hagen is in the front and she starts to talk to him and he starts slowly advancing on her, but he's very standoffish. She's growling at her. He's baring his teeth and then she starts, she tries like, oh, here, fetch this stick or relax. And he won't, he's not having any of it. And he then um, kind of comes at her a little bit. She starts to run back toward the the back of the, of the building area. And then she stops and turns around. And then it's a neat shot where you've got the buildings behind her. Then you've got her. And then about maybe five, 10 feet in front of her is Hagen. And then about. Oh, two or three feet behind him is just all those dogs. And so meanwhile, the dad has come out. He's, he's come down there and he's got a, uh, a big torch that they use to burn the hair off the meat. And he's, you know, he's yelling, get out of here, dogs. And he's shooting the flamethrower thing at him. And, uh, and he's just waving it. He's kind of out back. And then he's like, Lily, get over here to me. She's like, stop, stop dad. And so he kind of lowers the thing. And then what she does is she takes out, her trumpet and she's crying and everything. She takes out her trumpet and she kind of is thinking, okay, well I'll, I'll try and maybe play a little bit and see if it can calm him down. And so she starts playing the music that she always played to him and has been playing to him through the whole movie. And every time you hear this stuff is when he calms down. And what happens is 
as he she starts playing the music he he sits and then he lays down all the other dogs sort of do the same thing behind him they all kind of lay down she calms everything down the uh, co-worker comes up behind the dad and he's like oh should i paul should i call the police and he's like just let's just give him a few minutes and Lily lays down. So Hagen, all the dogs are laid down. Lily puts her trumpet down and she lays down on the ground on her stomach with her hands like on her chin so she can look at him. And then the dad comes down and he lays down beside Lily with her and he's looking at the dogs. And then the, the shot kind of pulls back a little bit and then that's how the movie ends. So I would definitely recommend this movie. Haven't gone back and kind of Simi watched it again, sort of a second time. Uh, it it has a lot of very interesting visuals. Like I'd said previously, there are some things that I kind of wished had been done a little bit differently, uh, but they're kind of more nitpicks than anything else. So anyway, that is it. I would highly recommend it, especially, like I said, after I've kind of gone back and, and revisited it a little bit. The the sort of the spectacle of the dogs, seeing all those dogs running through and all the little kind of adventures and things that they do uh, is, is really pretty neat. And I, I think you guys would enjoy it, especially if you have Netflix, you know, you're paying for the subscription anyway. So it's part of that. So, all right, my monkeys, I will talk to you guys next time. Okay. I tricked you actually one more thing and then we'll go ahead and wrap it up. I did get a audio clip of the music that she is playing for the dogs. And the section that I took it from was basically the very end of the movie. And I'll go ahead and drop that in. But, you know, also one other thing that I wanted to talk about is that in her sadness, when, when we see her crying, it's, it's for a lot of reasons. It's number one that uh, she's sad that she has kind of lost Hagen, that he's not the dog that he used to be. So she sort of realizes that. She realizes that all these dogs have been kind of running wild and and that they've attacked people uh, and caused a lot of havoc. And so she realizes that they are all going to be rounded up and destroyed. They're all going to be killed including him. She knows that there's no hope for it. And also it's something that, you know, we talked a little bit about how she and her dad are starting to have a little bit more of a, a relationship and a little bit more of a bond. But when that coworker comes up and says to him, should I call the police now? And he's like, you know, give, give them, give them a little bit more time, basically. You know, he understands that his daughter is going to need to say, you know, goodbye. And when he goes out and lays down with her, again, it's, it's sort of the, uh, his way of symbolically showing that, you know, he's behind her and he understands and uh, that again, that they're going to have uh, some type of a relate that that their relationship has has been strengthened and everything like that, and it basically shows his support for. I guess is what I was trying to say. Uh, but anyway, I'll go ahead and drop that in, and then uh, for reals, for reals, after the end of the sound the sound clip, I won't come back. So that will be the end of it, and I will talk to you guys next time. Take care, monkeys. <laughs>